Well, hey there, and welcome to the Scattered Saints podcast. My name is Josh, and of course, we are joined by Pastor DeAndre. Wow. Hey, congrats, guys. Thank you for joining this podcast right here. Man, you got an amazing message from Pastor Brad. Whether you're walking, walking, jogging, jogging, or lounging. I like lounging. Yes, me too. You guys will love this message. Isn't that right, Josh? That's right. That's right. Guys, turn up your volume. Get ready. This is going to be an incredible message of hope. Get ready for it. We'll see you guys at the end. Yeah. Hey, I'm excited. Is anyone excited to be in church today? I'm excited. Hey, there we go. Uh, We are in the midst of a series of conversations called Reboot. We're looking at this idea of restarting. Uh, You know, sometimes you just need to shut everything down and then turn it back on again. And for some reason, it just starts to work. I don't know what it is. We got maybe too many tabs open, too many programs running. And every once in a while, we just need a hard reset. I believe we are in the greatest season of reformation in the church that we've ever seen since Martin Luther. So in about 500 years, we haven't seen God do this, where he says, listen, we're going to make the main thing the main thing. We had a lot of stuff going on, and this is, it's all good stuff. He said, in this next season, let's strip it all back, and let's focus on what's ahead. This is Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. It says, but if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose lands you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. I love the New King James. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus was speaking, and he says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. In that moment with Joshua, this is where we've been over the last number of weeks, just to give you a quick recap. Joshua called together all the people of Israel. He's about to pass away. He's led them into the promised land. God has fulfilled his word. He's fulfilled his truth. He's fulfilled his promise. And he's about to lead them into, or he's led them into the promised land. He's about to, he's about to exit the earth. And he's like, listen, I need to make sure that the kids are all right. And he's just kind of drawing a line in the sand. He says, listen, I know the pattern of humanity. I know what happened when the Israelites got, by a miracle, made it out of Egypt and made it into the desert. The moment Moses went away, they burnt, uh, melt down all their jewelry and they made a giant golden calf. He's like, I know the heart of man is fickle. And normally it's when things are going well that we distance ourselves from Jesus. It's when things are going well. It's when things are okay. It's when things are all right. It's when, hey, that's a promise, and the promise is fulfilled, and we're stepping into the promised lands, and things are going great. It's not that we mean to. It's just that when things are going well, we're like, wow, God, thank you, but I don't really need to think about it. There's something about a good crisis that brings people to their knees, right? It's like, God, I need you so much. I wonder what might happen if that same level of desperation we experienced when we're in the bad times was present in the good times. So Jesus, you know, answering a question of religious leaders, he says, you got to love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind, as if to say, there's not a single part of you that you don't worship God with. Listen, if we're trying to discover the fullness of God, we should worship him with the fullness of our being. 
with all of who we are. So we are made up in three parts. Imagine this, a God who's three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit creates us in his image as body, soul, and spirit. In scripture, uh, the, the number three actually represents divine wholeness. So there's something to that number three, the body, soul, spirit, you are divinely whole. When you can worship God, there is a wholeness that comes with your body, your soul, and your spirit. What I find interesting is that oftentimes uh, when it comes to worship um, in, in, in a gathering like this, we subject our worship to our circumstance, our feelings, our emotions, what's happening. We're like, okay, uh, I woke up today, didn't have my coffee, not going to sing as loud today. You know, my, the vibes aren't right, the, the lights aren't right, the too many lights, not enough lights, the song I like, song I don't like. Too loud, not loud enough. Like, our worship is entirely subjective to our situation and circumstance. And yet, God's faithfulness is not dependent on our circumstance. That's why he's faithful. That's why he's good. That's why he's God. Because no matter what happens, no matter what's going on, he's always there to lead us and guide us through. So, so what we've been doing is we've been stripping back as we've done our hard reset and doing our reboot. We're, we're magnifying the faithfulness, the goodness of God. And we're starting to understand what it is that we're doing here when we come to church. And we just, we, like, the interesting thing is I think we've been coming to church for so long. I, I've been going my entire life that sometimes you don't realize that there's a why in Scripture as to why we do certain things. So there's a reason why we worship. There's a reason why we sing. There's a reason why we start with praise. So just for those, those of you who, who want to take notes and write things down, praise is most often extroverted and physically expressive. So praise is, is de declarative in nature. It's declaring the goodness of God, but it's most often extroverted and physically expressive. It's the way that we engage our soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions, but also our body. That's why we sing, we clap. A couple weeks ago, we talked about the nine expressions of worship. Imagine this, the three-in-one God created us as body, soul, spirit, three parts, and then he created for us nine expressions of worship, three with our mouths, three with our posture, and three with our hands. So he, he laid out a template. There's a reason why we clap in church, and it's not just because there's a good rhythm. It's because this is how God wants to be praised. It's how he wants to be loved. Now, when we talk about uh, worship in church, uh, and I've done it three or four times, we're actually referring to uh, the music part, which is, is broken up in two parts. One part is praise. The other part is worship. Praise is most often extroverted, physically expressive. expressive. Worship is most often internal and contemplative. So it has nothing to do with the speed of the song. It has nothing to do with the genre of the song. It has nothing to do with the songs, really, other than the content and the heart posture. God chose to create humanity in such a way that we are connected to him directly through music. Now, for some of us, this is easier than others. But he chose it. He made it. The truth is we all have a connection to music in some way, shape, or form. You might not be a music person. Like, I grew up in a household that listened to talk radio all the time. Music wasn't, like, in the house a lot. It was mostly talk radio. But that doesn't mean that when I get to church that I get to 
abdicate the music part. You might not be a music person, but God created us to connect in this way. That's why every single movie, every single TV show has music in the soundtrack. Why? Because it connects to your soul in a different way. Like, if you ever, have you ever watched, like, I don't know, pick the most terrifying movie you've ever seen. It might be Jaws. It could be whatever. And you just watched it on mute. Have you ever tried that? It's just not the same. It's like, oh, I guess there's a shark coming to eat that person without the da-na, da-na. There's no tension. There's something that grabs us. And so God chose music as a way that we can connect to him directly. What we've done is we've, we've used Christian language, we've wrapped it up in Christian language, and we just call it generically worship. Worship, again, is two parts, praise and it's worship. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to understand what our responsibilities are, why we do it. This is, this is like the best way I could describe, you know, uh, following Jesus in this manner is that he has a love language that he wants to connect with us in, and he chose this form. Why? Here's the incredible thing about uh, when we sing together in church. Did you ever notice this, that when we sing together in church for that moment, for that period of time, this 300, 400 people, whatever the number is of people that are gathered here today are all singing the same thing. They're all saying the same thing. It doesn't matter what the background is. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter. When we, when we declare these words, we're all at one time declaring the truth of God. We might have all kinds of differing opinions, but in that moment, we can all agree on this one thing, that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords, and we declare his goodness, his mercy, his grace through song, and even if just for a few moments, we agree. There's unity that comes when we gather together and sing. Now, what has happened to us, as particularly North American, Western Christians, is we become fat on knowledge and slim on obedience. I got I to gotta give you know, Pastor Denise credit for this, okay? That's her phrase, okay? I'm just borrowing it today. We become fat on knowledge and slim on obedience. Now, I'm gonna, we're going to get real, 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 real fast. That was too many reels. Take it from somebody who has struggled with weight for most of his adult life that it's easy to come on. It's not so easy to come off. That there is a discipline required. And there's a psychological component that is required. It's, you know, for some people it's easy. For, for others it's, it's more difficult. The same thing is true if we think of our natural bodies. The same thing is true in worship. For some of us it's easier than others. Some of us just have more of a musical bent. Some of us don't. We're like, why did he choose this? It doesn't matter why he did. So worship is about pursuit. The musical component is about pursuit. It's about drawing near to Jesus. We draw near through this language that he's chosen to connect with us in. It requires action. It requires discipline. And it requires intentionality. We have to put ourselves to work. We got to put our faith to work. You know, that's what James is referencing. Faith without works is dead. If you say that you believe it, if you have the knowledge of it, but we don't ever act out on it, then do you believe in it at all? So we're at this intersection moment where we're discovering what the the scriptures are saying about worship and praise and music and gathering together. What are we going to do with it as we move 
forward. Today, I want to talk about the three dynamics of worship. In the past, we talked about the nine expressions of worship today. I slimmed it down. I slimmed it down to three dynamics of worship. I just hate to break it to you. There's four to five points for each one, but uh, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna make it, okay? Uh, praise and worship is connecting with God through music, and it's tri-directional. It's tri-directional. Now, uh, as we get into that, I just want to lay down a definition. We are what would be called a presence-driven church. So all different churches from all different expressions would put uh, emphasis on different parts of the service. In, in some denominations, it might be on the Eucharist or on communion or on the message. You know, worship is not a warm-up for the message. It's not, it's not just here to, like, let's get everyone feeling good before we... We, we get into the talking. We're a presence-driven church, which means that we don't view music as a warm-up. We view it as an opportunity to encounter the fullness of God every time. Every time we gather, anything can happen because as the scriptures say in Psalm 22, verse 3, God inhabits the praises of his people. He's enthroned in the praises of his people. We are a presence-driven church. We may linger longer because worship in and of itself is not a means to an end, but an end in itself being in the presence of Jesus. So there are times, and you've noticed this, I'm sure, where worship carries on a little longer, where we just kind of sit in a moment where we don't want to miss a moment because when we encounter the presence of Jesus, we just want to be there in it because for those few moments, there's an awareness factor of the fullness of the presence of God. See, it's not that he isn't here all the time. It's our awareness level shifts. Our awareness level shifts. When you feel the presence of Jesus in the room, we're just given some language so we can have a common vocabulary. We're a presence-driven church, and when you feel the presence of Jesus in the room, it's called the felt presence of God. You just feel it. It's not the vibes. It's not the energy. It's not production. It's not any of those things. There's just that moment when Jesus is here. It's called the felt presence of God. Okay. If you're still with me, say, I'm with you. Wow. Okay. More than I thought. Three dynamics of praise and worship. You know, I can't see any smiles behind the mat. So I'm assuming, I guess I should stop assuming you're all frowning and just start assuming that you're all smiling. And, uh, or we could try smiling with our eyes, but that would get really awkward because your eyes will be really big. And I'm like, did I say something? All right. So we've got the three different dynamics of praise and worship. And we're going to start, this is going to get really exciting really fast. We're going to start in Revelation chapter four. How do we understand what's happening in praise and worship in the music component of a service better than going straight to the throne room of heaven? You see, when you might have heard that, that prayer at, on, on, in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven, right? You might have heard that before. So why don't we go straight there so we can understand what worship looks like? This is Revelation 4 verse 8 for note takers. This is just bonus content for you. And I'm also going to encourage you when we get into the slide portion in just a moment, if you can't write it down, if you're taking notes, just take pictures of the screen. I put a lot of supporting content that I won't uh, reference other than what's on the screen. Okay, this is Revelation 4 verse 8. Anyone excited for the book of Revelation? Uh, okay, great. Thank you, Greg. The first time I've ever heard you say anything in church, by the way. Uh, so congratulations. That's exciting. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. 
And they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. That's their declaration of praise. So what we're actually talking about here, we are talking about seraphim. This is a type of angel. I know you're like, we're going here on a Sunday. Yeah, we're going here. It's in the Bible. In the throne room of heaven, these these, these seraphim, also referenced here as living creatures, have six wings with eyes all around and within. Eyes speak of intelligence. And here's the amazing thing. Their eyes are always focused on God. Their first and primary job or purpose is to set their eyes in the throne room of God on the king of all kings and the lord of all lords what can we learn about that we learn to fix our eyes on Jesus constantly there's a reason why we say we follow Jesus one step at a time because we set our eyes on him and we follow him the second thing that they're doing this is where we get these three dynamics from is they're looking all around they're looking at the other worshipers they're understanding what's happening in that environment And then I don't know if you caught it, but the third thing, the third dynamic is they're looking within. It says they had eyes all around, but they had eyes within. So the three dynamics of worship are vertical, horizontal, and internal. I'm going to say that one more time. The three dynamics of worship are vertical, horizontal, and internal. Okay, do we got that? We feel good about that? We're ready to jump in? Okay, we're going to start with vertical. And like I said, there's, there's lots of content that's going to be on the screens that there's just going to be on the screens because there's no point in me just reading screens to everybody, okay? So you can just take that in. Okay, we're going to start. Nick's going to help me out. We're going to go to vertical. We're going to the first point underneath vertical is, is one of the things that we do when we're involved in vertical praise and worship, when we set our eyes on Jesus, that the purpose of it is to bless the Lord. That's the purpose. The purpose is to bless the Lord. We got all kinds of verses there. We got all kinds of content there for you. But we're there to bless the Lord. It's like, I I think about uh, Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord. There uh, There is a soul part that is required. The soul part being our mind, our will, and our emotions. Oftentimes, praise is a function of our will. We make a disciplined choice to praise God. In the midst of a circumstance or a situation that doesn't look good, we make a disciplined choice to say, though my situation isn't good. God is always good, and I'm going to glorify him. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to declare his goodness. The part of our vertical expression of worship is blessing the Lord at all times. There's a part of what we do uh, that is sometimes lost, that when we gather here to worship, we're actually ministering to the Lord. We come to the church, and sometimes we're like, he's going to minister to me. No, the way this works is we enter his presence with uh, thanksgiving and praise at Psalm 100. That's how we enter, and we bless his holy name because he's great and worthy to be praised. And as we minister to him, which means we shower him with love, adoration, praise, he actually starts ministering to us, because not because uh, he's limited to us, but our hearts and minds aren't open until we set our eyes on Jesus. So we bless the Lord. The second thing, uh, that's the second aspect of the vertical dynamic of, of praise and worship is to experience God's presence. When we come into his presence, when we come into praise and we come into presence, we get an opportunity to experience the fullness of God's presence. Like I said earlier in Psalm 22, verse 3, God inhabits or is enthroned in the praises of his people. When we set our eyes on Jesus in that vertical component, we actually prepare ourselves, we prepare um, the room for him to be king of all kings and lord of all lords, and we experience God's presence. 
another aspect of the vertical dynamic of worship is that in this atmosphere of praise and worship where we connect with the creator of the universe through music is that it releases spiritual graces and gifts. So there are spiritual gifts that are activated in what's understood to be the corporate anointing or when God's felt presence is here. So he begins to activate things. Now, I, I think I told you this last week where uh, God's been doing this cool thing where every time uh, I'm about to preach something, I'm on a one-year Bible reading plan. Um, he puts the verses from my message in that Bible reading plan. So every single Sunday morning, it confirms what I'm supposed to say. Well, I'm on a hot streak. And the cool thing was I was reading 1 Samuel 18 today. And there's this moment in the Old Testament. It actually happened twice to Saul, once in 1 Samuel 10, once in 1 Samuel 18, where Saul in 1 Samuel 10 was about to become the king of Israel. And Samuel, the prophet, said, go to these group of people. And when you do that, the spirit of the Lord will come on you and you'll start prophesying. When you gather together with other worshipers, it begins to activate spiritual gifts inside of you, sometimes that you don't even know that are there. And it creates this atmosphere where people can start functioning in gifts. It also starts creating an atmosphere where you begin to function in gifts that you don't ordinarily have. But in the corporate anointing, it begins to magnify it. So when we get into the presence of God, he begins to activate these spiritual gifts and graces. So go just for fun, go read 1 Samuel 10 and 1 Samuel 18. And you will discover that King Saul uh, shows up to this group of prophets in 1 Samuel 18. He's trying to murder David. He stumbles into this group of prophets and every mercenary that he sends, the moment they get into the presence of God, they can't do anything but praise, worship, and prophesy. So sometimes the best, listen, if you got a bad attitude, sometimes the best thing you can do is get to church and get in the presence of God because he just starts to change things and transform things in his presence. The fourth aspect of, of the vertical dynamic of praise and worship is to commune with God. And that language, you know, sometimes maybe seems difficult, but think about it this way, that it opens up the channels of communication between us and God we have an opportunity to communicate with the creator of the universe as he turns our hearts and mind towards himself. Did you ever notice that when you abandon yourself in worship, you just seem to get clarity of thought for a moment and there's this idea that just might slip into your mind that you're not sure where it came from. And that can happen in church, it can happen at home. See, that's the great part about these aspects of praise and worship. There's an aspect of the communal corporate gathering. That's what they're talking about in Hebrews 10 when it says, don't forsake the gathering together. But all of these aspects are available for each and every one of us every time we worship. There's an opportunity to be connected with God every time. Wow. They're already here. I got to go fast. Here's the horizontal dynamic. First thing it does, this is the looking around part. The angels in heaven are looking around. The truth is, we think worship only goes up. There's also a horizontal dynamic. The first aspect is that it fosters unity. 
It creates unity. How good it is when, when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. And there's actually a blessing that comes in unity. So imagine this. God created this way for us all to connect with him when we gather together to worship him. And he brings us together and we're all on one page in unity and we lift up his name. And imagine this, that just for a moment when all these people from all these different places are on the same page, he knows that there's a blessing that comes in unity. So it's as if he's saying, when you come and you gather, there's always gonna be a special blessing that's poured out on my people when you gather to lift up the name of Jesus. The second aspect is to minister to one another. We're going to talk about this further once I blast through this list. These songs, or when we look around, we merge together the inward and the horizontal aspect, and we realize that there's somebody else who's going through a difficult situation, and they're pouring their heart out, and they're crying. You're like, you know what? If they can sing, if they can declare his goodness, if in the midst of this present circumstance and struggle, they can lift up his name, then I can lift up my name because the drive through was too long and I couldn't get my coffee. And it just encourages us and it raises the faith level. Number four, change. The felt presence of God is an atmosphere for transformation. When we get into his presence, when we cast our eyes upon him, anything can happen. I believe every Sunday, there's an opportunity for you and I to be transformed in his presence, where he can do something. I believe addictions can break right here, right now. I believe those things that you're wrestling with, maybe bad thought patterns, they can break right now. I believe God can restore marriages right here, right now, where he turns the hearts of a husband back to his wife, right here, right now, when you encounter the fullness of his presence. Number five, preparation. Connecting with God through music, also known as praise and worship, prepares us for the new thing that God's about to do. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. It's in Isaiah. We don't put, you know, Jesus talking shared this parable about wineskins. He's like, we don't put new wine into old wineskins. If we'll burst it, God prepares us for what he wants to do next in every area and aspect of our life. God will prepare you right here. You might not be prepared that he's about to shift gears and he's going to open up another door of opportunity for you, but he will prepare you here. He will prepare you in his presence for what he's about to do. See, when we come here, you, you can be surprised pleasantly, but I, I, I like to live in a place where, man, I, I'm that time was two feet wide, it was rectangular, two feet wide by four feet tall. And they were known, their army was known for a thing, a move called the testudo, meaning tortoise, where they would take their shields and interlock them together to create a wall across the width of the army. And then there was another wave that would come up and put shields above so that they could advance, they could reflect the fiery darts of the enemy, the, the fiery arrows that were coming their way. Isn't it amazing that we enter the presence of God, that we can pick up a shield of faith, and we're actually interlocking with everybody in this room. And we're interlocking, and, and we're saying, listen, uh, I, I'm going to come to church, and I'm going to worship with my whole heart because I have that capacity today. But you might be sitting next to somebody, well, six feet away from somebody, who today... They're just in pain. 
And they're in desperate need of an encounter with Jesus. And so as you start to worship, you're going to interlock your shield of faith all around those people that are around you to your left and to your right, in front of you and behind you and say, today I'm going to lift up faith and I'm going to protect you while you enter the presence of God so you can find healing. I'm going to, I'm going to go to bat for you today. You see, when we come in praise and we come to worship, it's not about you. Number one, it's about Jesus. Number two, it's about bringing the people that are around you along with you into his presence so that they can encounter what you've already encountered. See, church, for some of us, this is like base camp before we go to the front lines where we get knowledge, we get inspiration, and then we head out the door and we go to battle. But for some others of us, this is the front lines where We can't think of anything else but our situation for good reason. Your family might be falling apart, so you rush into the presence of God to lay that at his feet and say, Jesus, I'm going to invite you into my family, into my pain. And this is the front line. So for those of us who are just here and we're celebrating, we're going to put together our shields and say, you know what? You can come here. You can find rest. You can find respite. You can find healing. And for others of us, when they enter this room, they're coming to the medical tent. And it's our job to provide the cover in an atmosphere of faith and expectation so that whether or not somebody knows Jesus or not, he can meet them exactly where they are, that nothing is going to get in here that's going to stop the goodness of God for reaching every single person. See, I don't just have a responsibility to sing. I don't lift my hands just for me. I'm going to bat for somebody. I'm going to battle for somebody. I'm going for you, and I'm going for you, and I'm going for you, and you're going for me, and you're going for your neighbor, and you're going to that person that you don't even know their name, but you're just so happy to see their eyes at church today. Because when we lift up the name of Jesus, he becomes the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords, not that he wasn't already, but we just slip off the throne of our lives and put him back in his rightful place. All of this happens when we connect with the creator of the universe through music, also known as praise and worship. It is the soundtrack of the supernatural as heaven meets earth. Well, hey there, and thanks for listening to the Scattered Saints podcast today. My name is Josh. And again, we were joined by Pastor DeAndre. DeAndre, what can people do next? Guys, you can go to scattersaints.ca and we would love to hear your story. You love can that. type in, uh, contact us, and we will message you personally. That's or right. if you're like, DeAndre, I'm not about that internet stuff, you can go, you can text to 587-400-2010. And again, we will contact you personally, and I mean personally. That's That's great. That's pretty much it, I think. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, guys, and we'll see you guys next week. Yeah.